No, the question of retail is, is, is where's the consumer? Well, the consumer's around, and they're buying stuff. You look at the earnings that come out from, uh, oh, people like Dick's Sporting Goods. They're, they're, they're fabulous. Williams-Sonoma is doing well. Foot Locker, not so much. Home Depot, Lowe's. Then it gets down to all the individual retailers. What a man with a breadth of information and, and knowledge and experience in retail is the CEO of Austin-based jewelry and accessories company, Kendra Scott. Tom Nolan joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Happy to be here. So you've been in every aspect of this, Ralph Lauren and and, uh, and obviously Kendra Scott and Duckhead. Uh, I, it looks like it's, it's, it's tough to be a retailer right now, unless you're really savvy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that the retail space uh, has traditionally always been challenging because you got to create an experience for customers, and uh, I think you know good good economic markets sometimes lead to making that a little bit easier. But it's always challenging because and the customers gotten a lot more savvy, and I think they're smarter than they've ever been before, which is putting more pressure on brands to over deliver against the expectations of that customer. And we're fortunate that you know from the very beginning when Kendra started this business i mean she made a strong point to just say that the customers she you know customers are boss everything that wherever she is and whatever she wants she signs our paychecks at the end of the day and i think if you have that mentality and you have a really good product or even a decent product and a great team to execute you're going to be pretty successful and we've been fortunate that we've had all those things and uh and it's worked out really well you have a lot i mean you carry a lot of items and i know there, that it changes but you've also got a lot of vehicles to deliver this you've got I don't. I think I can something over 130, you know, retail outlets. But I see you online and in individual stores. So, do you alter what you offer the the depending on the outlet? The the product offerings, by and large, the same, Dave. So whether you go into one of our retail stores, as you mentioned, we have over 130 today, or our website, or even one of our wholesale partners. For the most part, people can expect the same products. We have some avenues of distribution where we have exclusive product we launch a new line or a new category oftentimes we won't we'll hold that back from wholesale and keep it exclusively in our direct channels but outside of that it's the offerings are pretty much the same and it is a lot i mean we have thousands of skus and we try to offer them offer the customer newness through deliveries and drops that happen very often so that gives somebody a reason to come in and i think our business is different too in the sense that we never, what, what a lot of retailers, back to your earlier point, what a lot of people do is they wait for the organic traffic to come into the stores. So if a brand has done a good job through marketing or created product that people like, customers will search it out and find it. From the beginning, when, when Kendra launched the business with her first store here, we never wanted to take a chance that somebody was going to trip into one of our stores. So we have always focused on events in our stores. And last year and 130 stores, we had 20,000 events and all of those events were philanthropically driven. So we had, you know, a cause or a customer that was in need and we would do events to help support that person or entity. And those events drive excitement. They drive people into the store through traffic. And our team is so great at creating connections that our conversion rates. Yeah, really that's high. what I was going to say. That really bonds bond you to the community. You become part of the community, I guess. that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think more than any other brand that I, I've been around, certainly, and even other brands that I know, I mean, Kendra Scott feels like a part of the fabric of a, a local city and where we have stores because we work really hard at it when we we have events, people in each one of our stores and they are out getting to know influencers in the community, whether it's people at a school or a hospital or a business entity. We want to know what's going on in the local community so that when people walk in, it's like walking into a friend's house. 
and I think that separates us and makes us an outlier in retail. And it really is just, it's been by design. I mean, we work really hard at it. We keep the customer at the forefront and our brand, you know, subjectively, I think we make beautiful product at a very affordable price and, um, and it's worked, served us very well. Do you, so do you give the customer what they want or do you sort of tell the customer what they want? You might want to try this look, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of a balance of both. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, um, case studies and examples where, you know, people like Steve Jobs has made a, made a pretty, pretty pronounced point to say, we will tell the customer what they want. I think, I think that if you have created an iconic and an interesting brand, which I believe that we have in our doing, you do drive the business of fashion. So in a, in a way you're telling people what they want, but at the same time, every individual customer is different. We want to make sure we have something for people at different points in their lives or, you know, different moments in their life. And I, I think we've done a struck a struck a nice balance of doing both of those things. Well, you know, in your business, you've run divisions all over North America and Mexico and uh, the Caribbean. What are the plans for Kendra Scott? Where does this brand go? Yeah, so today we have 133 stores. Um, as of, I think, the time of this conversation, we keep opening new ones. That's that's a moving target. Um, but we have a we have a lot of plans for expansion just in the United States. What's and what's crazy about our brand, as big as it is, especially you know living in either Dallas or Austin, you might not realize this, but our national brand awareness is still less than 10. percent So people in other parts of the country don't know who we are. So there's massive white space and opportunity out there for us just here in the United States. So I could see over the next several years us doubling our footprint very easily of retail stores here and increasing our footprint within some key wholesale partners um, to build that brand awareness. But we also have some great wholesale partners outside of the United States, like Liverpool and Mexico, and we work with Selfridges in the United Kingdom. And we have some really aggressive plans on the horizon for growing the brand, not just at nationally but internationally as well. But it's interesting that bricks and mortar is such plays such an integral role still. I guess these are items that people want to see and how do I look where but do you find does this become a showroom? Do do people come into your bricks and mortar store yeah, I mean, and then turn yeah, around and look, buy online? For sure. Retail is at the tip of the spear for us. It you know it always has been and always will be. It's really how we connect very closely with our customers. So because we're so experiential and also the jewelry business, I mean, it's tactile, right? People want to look yeah. at look at it and touch it and feel it. And one of the reasons that Kendra opened up her first retail store was, and you may have had this experience as I have, but you'd walk into a traditional jewelry store and it wasn't a great experience. You know, it was intimidating in a lot of ways yeah. and everything was under case and people wore white gloves and there wasn't really music playing. Nobody was offering you a drink. And if you went to the wrong case and it wasn't the most expensive one, it was just, I, I at least felt very judged, right? Like, oh man, I can't afford the, the nice stuff. So I'm going to get like the B team. So when she opened up our first store, it was, she wanted it to be really experiential. She, we, everything's top of counter. We encourage people to try stuff on. We'll, we'll offer a customer a glass of champagne or a glass of wine or a beer or water when they walk in. So, and because of the nature of our business with philanthropy being one of our core pillars and we're so ingrained in the local communities, we it will always be important to us. It's a part of who we are, and it's not going to be convenient or important to us because of what's happening in the marketplace, but it's important to us because it's authentic to who we are. And I believe that that drives customer connection. We know that it drives customer lifetime value. And also just, again, like I said, the tactile nature of jewelry and experiential and emotional connection that people feel to jewelry that they feel differently than they do with a pair of sneakers or a button-down shirt like we're wearing, it, you know, I think that, that that creates a different experience by just organically anyway. So what's your your snapshot right now 
on the consumer. And like I said, we're getting all these mixed signals, whether it's, you know, they don't want to buy sneakers from Foot Locker, but they'll buy them directly from Nike or uh, Home Depot and says the do-it-yourself craze is over with and that's slowed down and and then some of it is people pinching pennies what are you saying right now yeah i mean i i think all of those things to some degree are true i think people certainly the economies there's a lot more headwinds than there used to be we haven't seen really the softness that others have and i think it's because of our connection with our customer and the emotional connection people have with our brand that they don't have with everything and there's always going to be ebbs and flows you know in the economy you know always right so what what I'm seeing in the in the economy, what I we focus on is we focus on making connections with our customers. We have a very wide berth of customer from a economic perspective, but also from a age perspective, from a gender perspective. Our we have it's a very wide berth of customers. And you know, the beauty of that is, and I think this is really rare, there's probably a handful of brands on earth that can say it, you know, my 14-year-old daughter and my mother can both be in a room wearing the exact same product and neither one of them look weird and both of them love the brand the same way. So I think, you know, we focus on making connections. We focus on the customer. I think that's really important. I think over the last 18 months, you know, savings rates have dwindled down to lower than they've been in the last 20 years. So I think customers are overextending credit card bills and rates are higher than they've been in recent years. The interest rate environment obviously isn't ideal. And I think people are being smarter with how they spend money and what they spend money on. And what we've seen is what I've seen is that it seems like customers are flocking more towards buying experiences rather than items, which will have a material impact on the consumer goods sector. I think we're fortunate that we have a high value proposition, right? So across economic profiles, people still feel like there's a lot of value in our product. But we're driving experience, obviously not in the same way that you do in a restaurant or a, a bar or, or a cafe, even though we're now opening cafes and sips and sweets, we call them in some of our stores. We're trying to capture that what's happening in the marketplace, but we've made it experiential. So we're benefiting by the customer shifting towards experiences and also capitalizing on the fact that we have deep connections with our customer, have our high value proposition. So our brand does does well in good economies and bad economies because the high value proposition and in good economies we, we pull forward a lot of customers with the launch you know the yeah. recent launch of our fine jewelry business and, and you've got a lot of price points so there in theory there's something for everybody but are you more uh promotion oriented right now i mean summer natural mother's day we just passed was a, a natural for you all but but yeah yeah, I, you know, we, we've actually we've made a concentrated effort to pull back promotions pretty materially in the business because, you know, it's a it's a slippery slope to go down. Right. I mean, you want to I think traditionally what promotions are supposed to be used for is to capture a customer from a competitor and then keep them right. When you capture a customer on a promotion and you keep offering them promotions, it devalues the brand. So we're, we're very cognizant of the number of promotions that we do. We've limited our promotional days by almost 50 percent year over year. Um, and there's certain points of the year, Dave, where promotions really prevalent. Obviously, the holiday holiday season is sure. uh, we call Black Friday, Yellow Friday, because uh, our our color here is yellow. But th- those moments, Cyber Monday, those sort of things, and and leaning into some of the holidays. Obviously, you're going to see a little bit higher uh, promotional cadence than normal. But uh, we we haven't had to we haven't had to rely upon that, which I think is a good thing. And a lot of, a lot of brands have, and it's been a byproduct of being over inventoried, not managing the business the right way. And I think we have, I'm very fortunate that we have an amazing team here that knows how to execute and is really smart and thoughtful about running the business. And uh, we haven't, we haven't fallen victim to any of that yet. Well, Kendra Scott is a remarkable brand and it's been 
fun to watch it grow, and I guess we'll continue to. Tom Nolan's the CEO of the Austin-based company and joins us today. It's good to have you with us. Thank you very much. Of course. My pleasure. I'm glad to be here, Dave. Thanks. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.